0: Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, the podcast with Gemma Barry from the Well Woman Project, the podcast that talks about women's health. Hey, so this is Gemma Barry and welcome to Lost in Menstruation, my podcast. Uh, This is episode one. It's all very exciting. Um, And I've decided to have a look at sleep and hormones and how it affects our hormones. now we have got about 50 odd hormones in our body uh, and it's not, whenever we talk about hormones, it can be a little bit like, oh, we're just talking about reproductive hormones or whatever, but we're not There's loads and loads in the body and um, they all interwine with each other. So we're going to be touching on some that you might not uh, think have anything to do with your reproductive hormones and stuff, but actually they all kind of tie in and play a part. Um, Sleep is an amazing topic on itself, uh, and I find it really fascinating, actually. Uh, We're not really sure why we do it, um, although it's key to our survival, and if we don't do it, we feel like utter shite, as any new parent will tell you. Um, And uh, yeah, I thought, as good a place as any to start, really. So, sleep is imperative to our health, as I just said. And um, if we don't get enough, uh, all hell breaks loose, basically. Um, so, there's been loads and loads of studies and stuff done, and um, I've read through a few and picked out some um, some interesting facts. They are to me. I hope to you too. Uh, and yeah hopefully piece some things together um to help you kind of have some light bulb moments as to uh why we're always wanging on about getting a good night's sleep and why we feel you know like utter garbage when we don't have enough sleep so um the optimum level of sleep is around about seven hours. Uh, I mean, give or take, cause everybody is different, right? Like, um, so this is sort of just taking a slice in the middle, but yeah, optimum sleep is around seven to eight hours. Um, and when I'm talking about this stuff, like, like I mentioned new parents and things like that is a, it is a massive shift in your lifestyle and, uh, you know, and it's not forever either. It's just, you know, as you're sort of finding your uh, footing with it and all the rest of it. But um, the importance of sleep, um, obviously things change and circumstances change and we will get more sleep sometimes and others and all of that. So uh, we're fluid in that. It's, you know, things change, life happens. So although in an ideal world, we'd all get seven to eight hours sleep, uh, that isn't always possible. Um, but it's, if we're, you know, not getting that all of the time, uh, that things can start to go a little bit pear shaped. So, um, I used to nurse, as uh, some of you may or may not know. Uh, I, I nursed for many years and um, for a good portion of that, I worked only nights. Uh, and um, it, it's actually probably better for you. I mean, it's not good to work night shifts at all, but it's better for you to just work one or the other. The shift between days and nights is really uh, oh, just fucks you up a treat really um, and uh, it's very hard to get any kind of rhythm uh, with your body and everything else so um, when I stopped nursing uh, I actually noticed that I lost about half a stone with you know without even trying uh, and I thought oh, that's kind of weird but probably makes sense because my sleep pattern and everything is much better um, and for the state of going TMI uh like I did I used to not go to the loo for poo every day uh it was pretty normal for me to go every three or four days um and that is definitely not the case now I get better sleep so it totally does screw up everything uh if you're not in your um circadian rhythms as they call it really so um a study that I was looking at, um, was looking actually at, uh, weight and sleep. And, um, they noticed that it, it was just six hours sleep a night. Um, people were eating more and, uh, five hours sleep, they were eating more again. Um, and the reason is pretty self-explanatory really. Like when I was reading it, I was like, well, yeah, we probably know that anyway. Um, but from uh from the study what they did is they trialed people going to uh, having sleep for five and a half hours one night and then eight hours the next night and then they watched what they chucked in their face basically and uh they overate by about another 220 odd calories which doesn't really mean a lot as we say it like this but over a substantial amount of time you know it that can have consequences on your um on your weight and stuff like that. Uh, and any you know any new parent will tell you how they the biscuit tin is their favorite thing because. Uh, you need energy. When you're fatigued and you're tired, you need energy. And those quick sugary fixes of biscuits and chocolate and cake and all of that kind of thing do that for you. They're carby uh, and it's what you crave. I mean, I would eat like loaves of bread. Toast was my thing, just like toast and jam and peanut butter. Like All I wanted to eat was just that kind of carb overload because my body was knackered. uh, And it's just kind of like keeping you going, basically. So uh, they also found that um, our snack kind of intake would increase between the hours of uh, 11pm at night and 7 in the morning, um, which really speaking is roughly when we should be asleep, looking at our circadian rhythms and stuff sleep when it's dark and then you're awake when it's night um and uh the reason this kind of plays a um a nightmare on your metabolism is that uh it changes your insulin so um we need insulin to help um uh, help us like break down our um fats and carbs and sugars and all of that kind of thing uh, and when you're uh not getting enough shut eye, you temporarily you temporarily become insulin resistant. So what that means is that you're less sensitive to the insulin that you have in your body. Um, So you produce more of it uh, and your body kind of goes into hibernation mode really and um stores fat in the body rather than using it up. Um, Just don't get the messages sent to them again because we're we're knackered we want more energy so therefore we're eating more food uh and cortisol which is our stress hormone um this makes you uh store fat and it burns muscle instead uh so the reason being is because it's part of your response to your fight and flight so if we were being chased by something horrific then uh you know our body would kick in it would give us loads of energy to our muscles and uh, away we would go. But uh, in uh, in our sort of day and age now, everyone is feeling quite stressed. So cortisol is being pumped out into our body a lot of the time, even when we're not aware of it, because we're not being chased by tigers or anything. Um, but life is stressful. Uh, and also, when we're not getting enough sleep, that is stressful in itself as well. So it's kind of a vicious circle, really. Uh, and the um sleep helps to reduce cortisol if we 're getting you know good enough sleep, but if we 're not getting good enough sleep, then it escalates it um, What is also interesting is that um without boring on and sounding too technical. Our sleep pattern is um, around about 90 minute cycles. So uh, if we're not getting enough sleep, then we're not getting enough deep sleep, which is where a lot of the um, repair work. Um, If anyone saw my post about um, sleep and hormones on socials, then you'd have seen that I likened it a little bit to the Fraggle Rock doozers that go in and kind of go and clear up the detritus and stuff that's in our body and help it repair itself so uh if for whatever reason we're not um getting enough sleep because we're being woken up or when you know suffering from about insomnia um your partner's snoring his head off and you're thinking up ways in which to silence him forever um then you can uh disrupt these cycles and um if we're only getting into sort of light sleep dozing then we're not able to access the rem uh, which is where we dream and kind of process our day and then into the deep sleep which is actually where our muscles uh, paralyze our body and paralyzes us um they have thought that this is because we might act out our dreams i don't know uh but anyway it helps us properly relax and unwind um our um sympathetic nervous system. So our fight and flight response is sated when we're having that deep sleep and our cortisol levels and everything drop. So it is really, really important to allow ourselves to get enough of those um, cycles as we go through the night. Uh, And if anyone has ever been woken up in the depths of um, of a deep sleep cycle, then you'll know it feels like you've been dragged out of the deepest darkest pit of sleep and you feel we don't even know where the hell you are when that's happened um so yeah it's it is interesting if you can try and wake when you're in the lighter sort of stages of sleep it the it's less shocking to the body um and also like we we change uh, our sleep needs change as we get older so very young Babies and toddlers will sleep far longer um, than an adult would. Uh, and their teenagers, I mean, they sleep like the dead as well. They absolutely need it because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so uh, our circadian rhythms, as I've talked about, um if things are um, inconsistent with our eating and our sleeping, um, which is a bit of a chicken and egg, as I've just talked about, uh, they can throw off our rhythms and everything just kind of goes up the spout really. But like I say, sometimes that can happen through life circumstances and we just have to do what we can with what we've got at the time. Um, So as much as it's nice to know about this stuff, it's also you've got to live your life, right? Um, so melatonin might've heard of this one is the hormone that makes us sleepy. Um, and, uh, somebody asked me a question actually, uh, about using, um, their phone. So the blue light on your phone, um, find, they find it difficult to go to sleep. If you're using your phone, uh, it's, or, you know, whatever appliance, it's important to take or have a blue filter on. Sometimes you can um, access that in your settings and whatever. The best thing is not to use your phone at all um, for an hour or two before you go to bed because the, um, the blue light sort of activates your brain, making it think that it's daylight. So it inhibits the amount of melatonin released and therefore stops us that, you know, sleepiness kind of naturally occurring. Um, So yeah, it's actually a really good idea to um, not watch uh, TV, use screens, computers, all of that kind of thing, um, you know, for an hour or two before we hit the sack, really. So I think everyone can agree that a lack of sleep creates an irritable person um, and we have problems concentrating, our memory goes shot to shit, uh, we get fatigue, can't you know, learning stuff becomes very difficult. Uh, and if this is over a prolonged period of time, then actually affects our immunity and lowers it. Uh, so we're then more susceptible to coughs and colds and all of that kind of thing. Um, interestingly enough women have um a slightly shorter circadian rhythm than men um and averagely go to bed earlier and wake earlier but overall have um longer have have better and longer sleep time um than guys but women suffer more with insomnia uh, and one of the reasons that is is because of our um because of the reproductive hormones our estrogen progesterone that kind of thing uh, that affects our sleep and we can get frequently waking or insomnia um, which are the the biggest culprits to that really. I think what's also really interesting is that when you rest and sleep um, your body is uh, releasing proteins and stuff that help to fight inflammation Uh, and one of the one of the, um, specific ones is, uh, cytokines, which is something that, um, women like with endo and adeno, for example, um, have to watch their diet and stuff and, uh, you know, lifestyle and toxins and things like that, because, um, that creates a lot of these cytokines to be released in the body and they're very inflammatory. Uh, and, there's more and more evidence to suggest that endo and adeno is an inflammatory disease. Uh, And so it would make sense that if we're getting enough rest and sleep, then uh, we're allowing the body to clear these out and um, reduce inflammation in our body and in turn make our immune system and everything else work a lot better, which is pretty cool. Um, So I wanted to touch on uh, some things that can happen during your uh, menstrual cycle. So it goes without saying that um, your period definitely cocks things up on the sleep pattern front. Some, not at all, um, but just the sliding scale of our hormones changing throughout the month can definitely create um, dramas when it comes to sleep. For me personally, I know I need more sleep just before my period is about to happen. I you can crawl off to bed by about nine o'clock and sleep for a good 10 hours, given the opportunity. Um, and, uh, which is great. Um, but I definitely feel that like lower energy vibe going on. Um, but your, uh, your sleep pattern is definitely interrupted with where your hormones are. Um, during your bleeds, so your winter time of your cycle, uh, you can find it harder to fall asleep. Um this also might be due to the kind of consciousness of having a period, the feeling of it, uh maybe leaking, needing to get up to change, you know, whatever else, um that can also have like a practical effect on uh your sleep. Uh during your spring and summer, um you can find it much easier to fall asleep. Um It might well be that energy levels are rising and you've just got more energy so you can um, get out, exercise and all of that kind of thing, which then helps to bring sleep on. Uh, Like I say, there's many factors to it, but our hormones absolutely um, play a key role in our ability to sleep. And if you do chart, um, which I suggest everyone does, it would be really interesting to know um, what your sleep pattern is up to because... Over time, you will see that it probably is the same for you every month that you have these differences uh, that come in with your cycle. So just a nod to pregnancy. Um, this is when everything's gone to fuck basically in your body. Uh, your um, What I did find really interesting actually was that uh, progesterone increases obviously um, helps to keep the uterus relaxed and boosts our immune system. But also that estrogen goes stratospheric and that you produce uh, more estrogen during one pregnancy than you would do throughout your whole entire lifetime, which I just thought was incredible. Um, but ask any woman who is pregnant and she will tell you that sleep just is completely buggered. Uh, And you know, you cannot do anything about the changing tide of your hormones during pregnancy, but uh, in early stages, you can just feel massively, massively tired um, and, you know, find it very difficult to get throughout your day. If that's hampered by morning sickness as well, that's no fun. Uh, And then obviously as your pregnancy blooms and you get bigger then there's just the practicalities of finding sleep quite difficult come the end as well um being uncomfortable and not being able to turn very easily uh, all help with the uh, keeping you awake but i do think sometimes that mother nature is kind of a bit clever in that she gives you that kind of reprieve so that when the baby's here it's not such a shock to the system um and that you have managed to uh, kind of feel what it's like to have that in interrupted sleep and of course uh, bladder your bladder is being kicked and punched the whole way through so uh, that definitely is what's dictating how often you get up in the night as well Um, so perimenopause and menopause I've kind of grouped together um, because again as your hormones and stuff change um your levels of progesterone start to fall um and that can uh, make us feel less relaxed um and we might well get a little less um REM sleep which is our REM sleep which is where we dream and then do a lot of uh sort of uh, care in our bodies as we drift into the deeper part um and It's not just the menopause that creates the hot sweats and the insomnia and the hot flashes and things like that. You can um, feel those things during your perimenopausal years as well. Um, And they absolutely can uh, obviously disrupt your sleep if you're waking up soaking wet through or you suddenly becoming very hot um, or you're just finding that you're waking more often. Usually you can tend to get back off to sleep um, fairly quickly but uh yeah it's just those things to be aware of that actually they're normal um and it's it's just part of the process um and not necessarily anything to worry about but they're just some things to um to note that hmm, this can happen and sometimes does so some of the things that can help with um getting back into a good rhythm of sleep or helping with certain side effects we've talked about with the hot flashes and insomnia and things like that. Um, we're kind of creatures of habit. So although it's, um, kind of tempting to catch up on sleep, maybe on the weekends, or have a lie in as much as possible, keeping, um, a regular sleep pattern is really, really helpful. So trying to aim to get to sleep roughly at the same time and wake at the same time every day, uh, is, is really good habit to form. Um, keeping, uh, the blue light from laptops and phones and all of that kind of thing to a minimum, um, before we fall asleep because that will inhibit our melatonin release. Um, some people uh can be really sensitive towards caffeine so um avoiding having uh, any caffeine after about noon um in the day can help to settle us uh, and taking some regular uh, exercise as well to just burn off some energy in our body can be helpful it doesn't mean to say you have to go and beast yourself at the gym or anything like that but even some gentle yoga or um, going out for a walk or something like that can be really helpful to you know just use up that energy and make our body and muscles feel that little bit more tired um and if uh, you do find that you struggle getting off to sleep, um, sometimes it's easier to get up and start the whole process again, rather than lying there tossing and turning and just kind of waiting for sleep to happen. So, getting up, maybe having a hot drink, uh, herbal tea, or something like that, and um, maybe reading for a little bit or doing a meditation, and then going back to sleep again when you're tired, and seeing if that will um, will help you nod off. Um, more easily Uh, and um, also what can be really helpful is to um is to practice some meditations uh maybe before going to sleep or as you're going to sleep can be really helpful Um, i'm a big fan of the calm app uh, and they have uh, amazing background music or just like noises of nature um which isn't like howling hyenas it's you know waves and relaxing sounds of water and things like that um and uh but also they have sleep stories so they're like specially made to help induce sleep and help to send you off um so they can be really really helpful so i definitely recommend that you have a look um at getting involved with some of that uh and also what's really interesting is that um like having good sleep habits so that you only use your bed primarily for sleep. So you're not um, like eating or working in your bed environment because it can create the habit that um, your brain starts to think, Oh, this is just a place where I eat or I work and stuff. And it doesn't associate it with actually having a good night's sleep. Um, And uh, you know, if you can avoid noises uh, sleep with the window open as well so that the air temperature in the room is cooler Um, this is brilliant obviously if you're getting hot flashes and things like that Um, and sleep with uh, clothes if you choose to sleep with um, anything on uh, sleep with something that's cotton and uh, cool as well to your skin Um, sometimes though you can wake up absolutely sopping wet and you will need to just change your Um, clothes uh, so maybe if that's something that happens to you it would be good to have like something just by the side of your bed so you don't have to get up um also if you do get up in the middle of the night if you can try and avoid turning on the light because again that inhibits the melatonin so if you get up in the middle of the night and put the light on not only is it hugely painful for your eyes but um that trigger um stops the production of melatonin um, and starts to wake you up so there are a few uh, examples of um, what can be helpful um, I hope you find them helpful I've really enjoyed my first podcast with you um, and yeah if you have any comments please do give me a shout thanks so much for tuning in please come and find me on the socials Facebook page the well woman project Instagram well woman project and my website thewellwomanproject.com.